Hey, I'm Steve. Wow. That's that's, that's just what is that? A breed on? It's yeah. gross. It's a breed on. It's this is my it's voice. What is it, Steve? It's January 6th, 2016, and this is Idle Thumbs number 244. I'm Steve Gaynor. I'm Chris Remo. And I'm Nick Brecken. And uh, I weirdly just launched an Idle Thumbs podcast for the first time in my life. You did Because it. Jake's not oh, here, yeah, so there's nobody else to it's. Yeah. Wow. You never did one in, I guess. You I don't would, think I ever it's. Have you ever I mean, been on a podcast without Jake? <sighs> The readers will know better than me. I don't think so. It's been a long time since you were on Idle Thumbs. Who are you? We forgot. Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry. You thought a stranger wandered into yeah. your office. <laughs> Who the fuck? Um, he can it's it really good for a stranger. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been psyching yeah. himself up for this for <laughs> eight years. Well, it's for food. Uh, long time listener, first time guest. I love it the way you guys it's. So I just thought... Um, <laughs> No, I'm I'm Steve. Uh, I used to be on the podcast in its well. I was on the site when it was just a text site, like all mm-hmm. of you guys, and then on the early podcasts and stuff. And uh, I worked with Chris at Irrational for the time that we were both in Boston, and then he came back to the West Coast, and so did I. And I shipped Gone Home at our small indie studio up in Portland, the Fulbright Company, and now we're just Fulbright, and we're working on Tacoma, which is coming out later this year. Um, and I love to cast pods <laughs> <laughs> about games. Uh, yeah, how's it going, guys? It has been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. I yeah. haven't seen you in almost a year. It's cool to... Th- thanks for doing a podcast, because I get to feel like I've hung out with you in the intervening time, even though I haven't seen you for like a year. It seems like you guys have been doing good. Oh, you mean by listening to the podcast? By listening to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, hey, it's my buds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm in town. I'm in San Francisco to do some promotion stuff for Gone Home because it's coming out on consoles next week. So that's cool. That's finally going to happen. That's um, awesome. But aside from that, I just want to talk about video games. Nice. You what guys kind been of playing anything weird about? or good? I, well, I, I watched a weird... <laughs> I didn't play a weird game, but I watched a weird game being played. Okay. Um, there's this... So so you, you guys know Deadly Premonition, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is basically like... <laughs> oh, you know it. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it. But aside from the very good whistle soundtrack, <laughs> um, it's basically like Twin Peaks-inspired kind of like open worldish small town simulator mm-hmm. mystery game from Japan very weird. Um and so everybody kind of I think knows that as this cult hit, but there was this PS1 game by the company that made the Clock Tower games mm. originally mm-hmm. um that's called Mizerna Falls. <laughs> M I Z Z U R N A Falls and the crazy so it came out in 1998 on PlayStation 1 Japan only. It was never localized. And weirdly, it's pretty much Deadly Premonition, except less self-consciously wacky. It just plays it more straight. Huh. But it's just, it's like, it's just, like, they aren't even trying to hide it. It's just mm. straight up, like, pretty much the plot of Twin Peaks. Wow. But you play as a high school boy who wakes up on Christmas morning, weirdly, uh, in hmm. Mazurna Falls, Michigan. Ohio. Maybe they don't actually call out the the state. I forget. But in this small town of Mazurna Falls, and he hears that his friend, popular teenage girl at the school, is missing. And then it becomes this murder investigation. But it's like, it has all of the features of... 
deadly premonition hmm. in terms of like they built this entire town. It has a day night cycle. People have like their um, schedules so they like go to work during the day and go home at night. Wow. And you have a car that you drive around the whole town and you just like go to the Crazy. diner and it's like, weird. oh, it's closed. It opened. People are coming to eat at the diner in the morning. I can talk to them. They say weird shit. And you just have to go through the things. So, I mean, like, this game was also probably contemporary of like Shenmue. It was, I mean, it was pre Shenmue. Shenmue was 2000, 2001. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, because this was a PS1 game. It was the last game, I guess, that the company that had yeah. made Clock Tower made, and then they went out of business. And this company made pretty much entirely sports and athletic games, and also Clock Tower, and then this, and then they died. <laughs> <laughs> but they, so, so, yes, amazing legacy. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned, they're also the name of the company was Human Corporation. Okay, there we go. Mm. I, it was because it reminded me of From Software because they yeah. both just have like that's yeah. not a good name. <laughs> Human Corporation is not a bad name. Human Corporation is an extremely good name. Sorry, I, I misspoke. They're, they're placing down. They're putting down their allegiances. Yeah, ahead for the, of the for the coming future, yeah. the coming <laughs> co- war. Right. They, the robots are not going to get in with these guys. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> Or will They're they? Living. <laughs> that's, 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 oh, that's when it really becomes a problem. <laughs> oh, you yeah, can't exactly. distinguish well, from the human oh, yeah, corporation yeah, and the, the reality. Human right. corporation. <laughs> right. I, I think the human corporation protests a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> the definitely not robots company. <laughs> so yeah, this game never came out in the states. So it was never localized. Um, but I had heard about it off and on, and. Fairly recently, um, a young woman who is a professional localizer who lives in Japan just discovered the game and started translating it. And so there's this full-length set of YouTube videos of her just playing through it and live translating all the text as she reads it on screen. And she'd never played it before, so it's a blind playthrough of her. Yeah. And so I just have watched maybe like half of that at this point, but it's amazing because she's like playing with a walkthrough because apparently it's really easy to like miss an event and just have your playthrough be fucked. Oof, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so so she's like showing all the things in the game that make it completable and just like reading it to you, t- interpreting it as she plays and it's fucking cool. Um, so you can probably search, uh, you know, Mizerna Falls English playthrough on YouTube. Her uh, username is Resident Evie, E-E. V E E. Um, I found it really interesting. It's cool. And it is really weird because like it's from the late nineties. So it's pretty much like it's practically contemporary with twin peaks. Like twin peaks must've finished airing and then they started making this game immediately. Right. Cause twin peaks aired in no, what? 94 or finished nineties. Yeah. Oh, was it like 90 to 92 or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But regardless, it was like five, six years after right. the show was on the air. So like it's very authentically, 90s it's supposed to take place in contemporary times but it was being built in 1996 whatever mm-hmm. so like all the technology and how stuff works is just on point it's really cool um so check it out check out the playthrough hopefully maybe someday will, somebody will like hack the rom to actually translate the text in yeah. the, in a patch or whatever but that's cool. been the weird old <laughs> japanese ps1 <laughs> yes. game i've been watching someone else play on youtube <laughs> How about you, Nick? Uh, uh, so I, I didn't play any Japanese games, but I played um, a lot of PS1 stuff because I went home for Christmas and oh. discovered my PS1 in a closet Crazy. and um, pulled out my box of games. And the thing I discovered uh, was a few games that I never that I owned, I guess, but never really had played much or at least thought were just sort of, 
I don't know, too uh, high level for for me at the time, I guess. Like, I I must have purchased Bushido Blade at some point, but I'd never really played it for real. So I brought it home and played it with my girlfriend so Janelle. You played, what the American made Bushido Blade? When yeah, you didn't play no, games. <laughs> that's a Japanese game. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> fair enough, but <laughs> it's, no it's not. It, 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 you know, it feels like a really like indie Japanese game in a weird, in a strange way. It feels very stripped down. It is super um, um, focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I you were playing Bushido Blade one, not yeah, two. okay, yeah, one. Um, yeah, I'd never, I'd never really given this game a shot, and I played it. I for the first time played it with two people. This is a really good game. This is a cr- yeah. I mean, and I am shocked having played it now that there is no like spiritual successor to this game. Really, like right, I went, okay, I went so clawing for one. I and feel the same way. Yeah. So yeah. All I know about Bushido Blade <laughs> is that it's a fighting game. Right. Oh, so man. yeah, you, like I you would know- like you would like oh, really? you would like Bushido Blade. It feels like it feels contemporary. It feels like an indie game that you could be made today. You mean like in the style and of sort of modern stripped down, it's like sports game, sports combat. friends, it's yeah. sports friends sort of a thing where it's just two, you know, fighters on, on, you know, opposite sides of just an enormous map. But uh-huh. this, the speed that you move at is completely different to any other fighting game. It's much more realistic in the sense that you are like an actual person who would edge forward you know, right. very slowly, like but a then Souls the, game or something. Kind, kind of, yeah. Kind of, I mean, kind of like a Souls game, but except that it's it's a realistic damage model, so one hit can kill you, uh-huh. which is crazy. Yeah, because it just changes the whole way that you play a game like this. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you, that's what <clears throat> that's why I think that you would like it, Chris, because it's like it's not about like ten chain combos and stuff. Right. It's about the tension of the moment, right? It's it's almost like a huh. samurai film where. You know, it's like gunslingers staring at each other, you know, across a field. Yeah. And then somebody makes a move and just a thousand things happen and then the round is over because right. somebody's dead. And like weird, wacky things can happen because you can get injured. And so somebody can like have their, their foot cut and they're just sort of like crawling around on the ground. But and you can still you know, swing your sword. State, you right. can still swing your sword. So right. you can still win even if you've got your leg cut out from under you. Right. So they just become this like weird wounded animal that you're just now trying to figure out like what am I going to do? There are like really other strange moments too that can happen where like you can climb up a cliff and um, and suddenly you have the high ground, which matters a lot when one hit can kill somebody. So the other person's on the on the on the bottom of the cliff, and you're just sort of staring at each other, just kind of waiting for the next person to make the move. Like there's just all these little like really interesting moments that happen in any given round of this game. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. There are like seven or eight different weapons, and they all just play entirely differently to each other. And then well, each character. Well, because in the first game, you can still mix and match character versus weapon right oh yeah is that not the case in the sequel no it is sorry i was trying to think if that was oh yeah, yeah only yeah. in the sequel i think bushido blade one is the better game because it's more mm. focused but it means that you can be because you can pick a character that's big and slow and strong or the character that's small and weak and fast but then you can give them like the wrong weapon so you can take the little fast character and give them like the giant two-handed sword and it's, <laughs> yeah. they just swing it really slow and bad <laughs> or you can be like the huge guy and he just has like the little dagger and you can't get in close with it mm-hmm. like it's it's really interesting in that sense yeah i think you would just i feel like you would like it because i feel like it matches your sensibility that the game feels like it's actually trying to be about what a sword what it purports yeah, battle about, like yeah, this yeah, would right. be about which is just like stare each other down try to read each <clears throat> other's moves if you're not paying attention you just get hit in the gut with a sword yeah you're dead <laughs> you yeah. don't like lose some yeah. hit points yeah. you just lost the round yeah. yeah um and there's there's like other there's other weird crazy stuff yeah like you can throw your sword yeah you can kick dirt in somebody's face yep. which is really good and but like the 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 game being called bushido blade like it actually has 
the concept of like being an honorable fighter in mm-hmm. it. So obviously yeah. like throwing your sword or kicking sand in someone's eyes is not honorable. Also, if you have been injured, like the honorable thing to do would be to give up and just let the other person kill you. <laughs> right. So if you press the select button, yeah. you just get down on your knees oh, and shit. give up. And then the other know. person can just walk up and one hit oh, you. Man. Because it's a player choice to be like, I have been dishonored. I'm right. going to yep. give up. Yeah. And and <laughs> yeah, it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Also in the options, you can turn on um, black and white mode, like Sam and yep. Max hit the road uh, to make yeah. it more like wow. an old, like samurai 40, film, 50 yeah. samurai film. Or There's whatever, also so. a crazy, I didn't, I don't think I actually realized this the first time I played it. There's a crazy first person mode in the menu. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is really <laughs> weird because they just attach, they just put the camera, they basically just hid the torso yeah. of the character model, slap the camera right between, you know, the shoulder blades. And then you just have these weird, like PS1 arms. That are sticking oh, out of you, and the whole game can be played in first person. That's crazy. I mean, you can't do two player, but it's it's that still must be it's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty hard. <laughs> and the, and the I mean, this game was released by Square. Mm-hmm. Like this was like a big real like a yeah. legit big yeah, release. I, mean, I remember existing. I just I was so that wasn't the sort of yeah the world that I was aware of. I'm really just amazed by what a weird like you said like so the, there are so many decisions that feel like what an indie game mm-hmm. made today would make like yeah. let's just throw in first person mode you should yeah. be able to give up yeah. you know just like and they're just like this is what we're doing yeah like, we're gonna sell millions that, of copies of this the funny thing about that to me is that um it it does sound like a marriage of two different contemporary concepts that you don't usually see in the same game one of which is the like is the attempt to model a high level of reality across a bunch of different inputs or systems or sort of character attributes or whatever. And then the other is the ultra stripped down, ultra focused um, uh, sort of throw assumptions about the genre out the window, um, multi uh, modern local multiplayer game. And usually the former of those two exists Mm. in games that are structurally much more ambitious, uh, like, you know, um, like the current crop of survival, uh, first person survival games and, or, uh, you know, a big open world game or something. It's really, I can't think of a lot of examples of games that combine that attempt to model a high level, uh, a, a lot of d- different, um, kind of systems and attributes on the personal scale while not broadening the structural side of things beyond like two people on a screen. And that's really interesting. That's yeah. a really weird combination. And it is it is very enticing. Yeah, I wonder if that. I wonder if Bushido Blade's actually available. I was going to ask, like PS4 download or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but um, it's a really cool game. And I mean, like you said, it is really shocking to me. Yeah, because the, the closest the, the the closest things that I can think of that are that are trying to do something similar are Samurai Gun, mm. which is like a one hit game that's kind of about this but it's like a super fast paced 2d right. vertical thing so it's like not the same thing but like it's clearly influenced by it yep and then um teddy diefenbach was working on that game kyoto wild oh, for yeah, a while yeah, yeah. and i i think he's kind of focusing on hyperlight drifter mm-hmm. at this point but like that was he called out that was like bushido blade mm, you know inspired right. but still not the same it wasn't just somebody needs to just be somebody like we're making make a straight up we're just making more bushido blade thing. now yeah I'd yeah. buy it. <laughs> yeah, I would do. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like there's any way to play this currently yeah, without nice. tracking down. It was it was one of those games that like got a bunch of like 
PlayStation greatest hits releases. And yeah, stuff. Oh, sure, so yeah. you can find a There's disc of this easily. Of yeah, and yeah. if you have a PS2 lying around, you can throw your or how far PS3. Uh, yeah, how far also, did that backwards compatibility go? For I don't think it's on PS4. I think you can't put in a PS1 yeah. disc into your I PS4. Think you can. I think but you could on PS3. PS3. Didn't they stop shipping systems that had that compatibility? That was yes. only PS2. Oh, they, all of oh, them oh, go backwards. Really? All of them do software emulation of PS1 discs. Oh, only the first shipment the 60 gig did had the hardware for PS2, and then they I stopped. See, okay. so, yeah. Interesting. Um, so yeah. That's crazy. Man, I can't, I can't talk about this, really, because Jake's not here. I was hoping he was here. I was bummed when he when he didn't show up. Jake, by the way, didn't show up because his cat is like barfing a lot or something. So he's dealing with that. <laughs> every week we have I know every week, Jake, and now it's just sort oh, of like Jake he... fucking cut his Christmas tree or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Jake cut his hey, Jake, Jake cut Jake, his Jake. Christmas tree. Was I, what you just said, <laughs> you uh, I mean. guys? I hurt my Christmas tree. I think I have to take it to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Jake's cat ate his homework. It, you guys talking about uh, one component of this game, which is sort of honor and um, sort of ethics, of, you know, Bushido or whatever, reminded me of Bridge, which Jake and I uh, and our partners taught ourselves this past weekend and played a combined total of probably about. 15 hours of oh my god sorry it took me that entire time to realize you were talking about the card game yeah. bridge <laughs> oh yeah i, I was it like took me 10 seconds i was like is there a video game called bridge yeah. it's oh, like yeah, a bridge no. bi- oh sorry. wait a bridge oh. too far yeah, no. <laughs> the game that old people play right okay yes, yes. and uh and we taught ourselves cribbage yeah, yep. <laughs> i also learned how to play gin this weekend so mm, just um, good. okay so you so you were playing the I still don't think I even know really how bridge works. We it's like a two versus two. I didn't know two. a single thing about it. Co-op? I, yes. <laughs> yes. Very, yeah. it what genre a, would you it is, say? <laughs> it is a team game. Yeah, it is two on two. And uh, there, are a, there are a bunch of different ways to score it. It's Every TDM. single one of which is like the most complicated shit you've ever seen in your entire life. But one of the things that I kept seeing mentioned when we were sort of searching for how to play bridge and sort of guides to bridge on the internet is how much they emphasized like the the ethics of it it's oh, like if oh, you yeah. if you pass in the bidding phase it is ethical only to say pass you should not say i'm going to pass or i think i'll pass on this <laughs> this is unethical and should not be unethical not be yeah there's all of these like things that are sort of the in wait in what in what sense i don't i don't know i could really figure <laughs> out <laughs> is, is, yeah. are they, they are they implying that you're like that it's mind games with your opponent so you're See, like fucking the with them or that something that's the thing that occurred to me right like because when you're when you're playing this is true of any card game really that has hidden information which is most of them you know, it's really easy to sort of, it comes to your turn to do whatever, and you can't do it, and you're like, ah. And, and you know, then instead of you being cryptic, you're, you've given information away, and that sucks for your teammate in this yeah. game, for instance. Or you're, so, I was thinking more like, you're bluffing, and that's not that, ethical because yeah, it's like too, yeah. mean to right. your yeah, who opponent knows? or something. I don't know, but it really cracked me up. That <laughs> the, like, I, think even, I think it even said, I pass was considered unethical it was right. it was hilarious anyway i don't want to talk too much more about bridge because i want to talk about it with jake because, right uh, we played it actually i played both against jake and with jake um fucking spoiler alert our partners were way better at this game than we were so uh that was like well i mean i don't want to spoil it for when jake gets back but who are you playing against 
Oh, Jake and I were. Oh, sorry. When I say our partners, I mean our like life partners. Oh, partners. okay. Sorry. I thought you meant. I thought calling the other team in a bridge I don't know game what, was I don't just know like what partners. collective noun to use. Because, the ethical, ethically because I, way. Because I'm engaged, and so saying yeah. girlfriends sounds weird. Right. Like, right. It's just, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Right. 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 So whatever. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was like, yeah, you sure got owned if you like went to a bridge club or no, something. Although, <laughs> although we did look those up, and those exist, and they basically all play like at noon. Uh, which right. is impossible <laughs> with jobs. Right. Oh, Tea time. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I do want to talk about the next week because it was really interesting from a game design perspective. Um, one, because it's it's an incredibly fascinating game design, but also because it's obviously a very different kind of game design than than we are accustomed to. Anyway, next week. But uh, yes. Assuming nothing else happens to Jake's Assuming, cat or yeah, Christmas tree. Right. <laughs> Guys, I, got, I thought I got rid of my Christmas tree, but it was back in my apartment. And it fucked me up. <laughs> I need to call an exorcist. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else? What else has been played? Uh, or, played, or like, I don't know, weird game news stuff either. Has oh, there yeah. been any weird stuff? Oh, the Oculus is going to be pre-orderable like tomorrow or next week oh, or crazy. something. Have yeah. you used VR stuff much, Steve? Not hardly at all. I mean, a little bit. Um, actually, I guess the most recent time at the at most recent GDC, I used whatever version of Oculus was that was available then at like the Oculus demo booth. Um, I mean, with their demo, it was certainly high res and like track position mm-hmm. crazily and everything. It seemed like the thing that I played. Maybe not. No, I guess it's not. I was gonna. They they put you in a little like soundproofed room. So that it's like a, you know, whatever, because you're on a loud show floor and everything. But I don't think it was like room based at all. I think it it was just like still just the helmet. But I haven't really like that demo was just kind of a like hang out and look at things while they move right. around you demo. I haven't hardly really played anything in VR that had like goals or like that you could really do stuff. in. Mm. what about you guys? Not really. Not a long time. Yeah. Not since the, not since the For first For some reason, DK I feel one. like you would like it. Yeah, really? in the in the speci- specifically because from people that I know who have used it a fair amount, I've heard that like Elite Dangerous is mm. the like oh, VR the, seller the app because it's because it's simulating you sitting in a chair right. at a control console. That, and that's the one application that actually excites me. I have yeah. to say, yeah. and so I, from what <laughs> I've heard, just being in the cockpit and looking around as you're flying around is awesome and i know that you like i like flying games in those cockpits <laughs> yeah so the thing that the thing that that um is attractive to me about that is that it is providing a specifically it's providing additional utility and like i think because of that potentially additional sort of immersiveness or whatever you want to call it right um because the model that the thing is using actually the model that the technology is using actually maps to right. the fictional experience of the game, which is that your head is looking around a space that is fixed relative to your body, which is fixed because you in the real world are not going to be like running around unless you're using the Vive room thing. But that that feels like a sub use That seems case. like a crazy thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, like your actual ship or car or whatever like is going at crazy speeds that you could not achieve as a person. And so that you're controlling with a controller, which makes sense because yeah. you're abstracting the larger movement that's going on. And so that stuff really makes sense to me. Yeah. The is stuff there, that is, well, the, that I've it, never is, not felt weird about is being a person in the world and looking around at this thing 
and then becoming hyper aware of all of my mobile limitations yeah. and sort of interactive limitations. Mm. Has it, has, is there a VR cockpit mech game? Oh, that, man. Oh, there clearly oh, actually, is going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that game uh, Hawken was oh, like a super man, early really VR Hawken. thing. But I, that, I didn't play it in VR, but I really liked that game. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. My own personal like uh, bent is I would prefer like a mech warrior sure. paced yeah. feel like mm-hmm. where it's just like slow and plotting right. and there's yeah, single I'd, player because yeah. like you know Hawken was cool it's just super deathmatchy you just got mm-hmm. owned yeah. all the time and whatnot mm-hmm. so yep. like I just kind of want to hang out in my mech yeah I understand that <laughs> I I was re- I was really won over by how that game looked which is yeah. not necessarily in a multiplayer game actually what's the most important but i liked how willing they were to just put crazy shit in front of you yeah that obscured your perfect sort of view of the scene in a way that felt really fictionally convincing and it just looked i just thought it was it no, felt agree. really cool yeah. to play. It, yeah. it felt and and looked awesome for yeah. yeah for what they were going for i thought yeah. it was really cool but anyway uh man did you guys uh did you guys see the new york times magazine um, like, uh, what do you want? Are you about to talk for? about Henry Kissinger? No, but, okay. that, but, that, but that is amazing, and I'm happy to talk about that. No, but well, the, what are you actually going to say? The then we can talk actually, about Henry Kissinger. Like, um, remember, like a month ago, the New York Times Magazine shipped a one of those cardboard vr things google with cardboard their magazine delivery yeah i got oh, one of those recently that? actually did you use it did you play the flying away well i didn't get that one i got the star wars one uh oh, which is which was I like a thing that, that you, for like for like an hour you could you could just get a free google cardboard so i had them send it to me and uh i'd never used one before it's it's like surprisingly effective but there's there's almost nothing you can use it with right now there's Why very be limited to an hour well, well, because only, they, well, they just sold out. They just ran out of stuff. Like, they just gave them away for free, and you could just sign up for, like, a Star Wars it's Google a, Cardboard. It's a, side of, it's a piece of... It's a fucking cereal box. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> they can make more. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> All right, whatever. Man, the, there was one called Taking Flight, I think. Let me see. Yeah, ta- or Take Flight. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so fucking weird and dumb. It was... <laughs> you I, You put it on, and you're in a, in a city street, and you're looking around, and you're like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then it just sort of starts taking you up into the air. And, and I'm like, oh, that isn't, this is not nearly as cool. Cause it gets so, one, the thing they, sh- it's not very high resolution if you're using it on your phone in this yeah. way. And then also, um, the city is not rendered to like an extremely high degree of fidelity. And so it's way cooler when you're in the middle of it and you're just seeing all the shapes. And then you go into the air and you're just kind of in sky. And then there's just celebrities floating everywhere. There's like, there's, it's, Whoa. yeah, there's like Michael Fass, Fassbender. And, oh no, this is the New York, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I saw Benicio this. Del Toro yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like Melissa McCarthy are just sort of floating in the air right. in these very artsy poses. No, I saw and this without the VR, which was even <laughs> less impressive. And there's no, I didn't have headphones up there or anything, so I don't know if there was audio and if there was like it's a just joke music to this. Oh, really? Yeah. They're not even saying anything? No. It was the strangest. <laughs> It it was yeah. It's really it weird. It felt like watching the art project of a high schooler who inexplicably had access to every famous person in the world. <laughs> no, there's another one. It was really strange. <laughs> there's another one just like that, but it's it's just it's sort of like a, a New York Times like um, like video feature. It's like six minutes long, and it was about I, I don't even remember the topic, but it was just sort of like an on the street thing where they're talking to some artist in New York City, and you're just in VR. 
and there's you can just look around at all the people who are just like on the street. Yeah. It's so like the whole VR like experience is just looking at some construction worker who's just like doing a thing and yeah. has, and then like occasionally he'll like look at the camera so it's like he's looking at you and then you just have this weird moment. <laughs> you know? I and mean, like that sounds way cooler. Yeah, I would rather have that. I mean it was just like okay. I mean it, just, I, it sort weird, of sounds like a but, video version of like Google Street View. Yeah, kind of. Huh. Yeah. And which also Fine. exists. There is a there's just a there's a Google Cardboard like Street View thing where you can just kind of look around at yeah. stuff, which is where you fine. can remote control a Google Maps car, <laughs> <laughs> a driverless Google yeah. Maps car. Yeah. You can just see somebody walking by and just right. be like, track them. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever? So something interesting about we were talking about video games, right? Something oh, yeah. interesting about uh, about Google Maps is they keep. Uh, cache of each time that they've done a pass oh, through wow, an area. Oh, version history of their entire world. Yeah, and I mean, you can do this right now. You can go on Google world. Maps. Because it's, like, when you go on Google Maps, you go to a place, you go to Street View, mm-hmm. and in the corner it just says when right. the image was taken, and it's a pull-down. And so you can just click Crazy, back. I've never tried that. Yeah, so, like, not too long. So the, the earliest time they did it in Portland was 2007, and then there was another one in, like, 2000. 12 or something and then one last year or i guess now 2014 you mean like a full sweep uh yeah of, of like most of the areas right. and so like it's crazy because you can just do like a time travel tour of your neighborhood and just be like <sighs> i'm gonna click back to eight years ago and just drive around my street and oh that house wasn't there before and that building got turned down and that used to be a different shop and like whatever man and it's really places cool. like san francisco that's Oh, yeah. Really interesting because there's been, I mean, the city's changing so much. Yep. Same in Portland, honestly, especially in some of the neighborhoods that, like, really got, you know, developed a lot over the last however many, five, ten years. Um, So, I don't know. That's an interest. And additionally, there are some places, I'm sure here and also in Portland, where there are buildings that, if you're on Google Street View, you can go inside the building. Like they, mm. they oh, took yeah, they a camera that. Yeah, in that they have that, yeah. and did the thing. And so you can do that with the time lapse too. So you can like go inside of the shop that used to be in that mm-hmm. building. If they if they have photos of both of the businesses. Anyway, um, it's like a weird it's not a game thing, but it's like a weird interactive exploration yeah. thing where you're just like, oh, this is what it was. I, oh, yeah, I forgot that was there or whatever. It's cool. If you live in a city where they've done multiple passes and so forth. Yeah. But weird. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, like, New York and, you know, Boston, San Francisco, Seattle are all, mm-hmm. you know, interesting things to, to drive around in in the past, basically. Yeah, yeah that's great. Hmm. <sighs> you want to take a break? We should probably <laughs> take that break. <laughs> sure. Video game. <laughs> Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Zombies Run Virtual Race an app that you can use to help get motivated to train up running. As you run, zombies try to own you in your ears. (laughs) There are training missions and there are also, there's sort of the actual virtual race uh, where you're competing with other people, trying to post your best time. I, A, have trouble having motivation to do exercise, so I don't do it. Me too. Um... And B, I know somebody, a friend of mine, who uh, had the same condition of not being able to motivate themselves easily to do exercise. And um, <clears throat> yeah, she used this app and was just telling, this was like, whatever, 
months ago, she was using this and just telling me about it. And it's like this like narrative based experience of like, now you're trying to get to this checkpoint. Now there's zombies behind you. And it, it, it motivates you to do like faster sprints over more time and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that can get wrapped up in an experience like that and kind of get into it, I think that for a lot of people, that's probably a much better motivator than just like putting on a good workout mix, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to beat your best time or something. Um, so, and if you're good at downloading apps already, and you want to run, endorsed. If you go to zombiesvirtualrace.com and use the promo code IDLETHUMBS, and please use lowercase IDLETHUMBS, all lowercase, you will get $5 off. But, weird fact, I used this and got $10 off. So I think you just get $10 off if you use it right now. <laughs> um, do that soon before... It changes. Five? I think it's supposed to be five. I don't know what's going on. If so, just, thumbs listeners are extra lucky. Yeah, if you go to zombiesvirtualrace.com and use the promo code Idle Thumbs, all lowercase, if you are trying to get in shape and have a fun way to uh, motivate yourself to tr- run, uh, use the promo code Idle Thumbs, all lowercase, and get I guess twice as much off as you're supposed to. Woo! Yeah, zombies virtual race. Dot com. Thanks, Zombies Run. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Casper. American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Uh, they're very comfortable. I know that uh, multiple of us on Idle Thumbs either own or have slept on Casper mattresses. I don't know about you guys. I covet a Casper. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to buy one as soon as it is uh, feasible. Well, Nick, if you want to transform that coveting into reality, <laughs> you can do that yeah. by going to casper.com slash thumbs and using the code thumbs. Mm. That will get you $50 off any mattress. Nice. Yeah. Uh, these are very comfortable. They do spring out of a crazy box when they arrive. Since the last time we read a Casper ad, uh, we have gotten emails from readers who have commented that they were surprised to find that it does, in fact, explode out of a box like we said. <laughs> I think I think uh, someone thought we were exaggerating. We are not. That's what happens. And it's hilarious. And then you have a good mattress. There's probably like YouTube. Uh, there probably are, but I yeah. wouldn't find them. I wouldn't spoil it. I wouldn't unbox. Vid. I wouldn't find that unboxing video. I would unbox it yourself. I would probably get it, have someone else come over to help. I would lie down right next to the box and then have them open it. So <laughs> it went all over me when it came out. That sounds good. You I know, think I've, I mean, you, you only get one chance. You can expedite that experience, Steve, by going to casper.com slash thumbs and using the code thumbs, and then you'll be $50 closer to your weird experience that you want to have. If you buy a capture mattress, lie down next to the box, have somebody else open it so the mattress springs out all over you, mm-hmm. record it and put it on YouTube, and then I'll watch that video. <laughs> if you do that, please send it to questions at thumbs up, <laughs> and I will watch it, and then I'll send it to Steve. Cool. I will invite someone over. To watch it, <laughs> right, and then put a mattress <laughs> to take on a them. video of of right. you watching as someone else hits play on the YouTube. <laughs> yep. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Thanks, Casper. Casper.com slash thumbs and the promo code thumbs. Video game. And we're back. Oh. 
<laughs> we don't have to be. No, I think we I, are. My, the back took you by surprise, I see. It did, and I liked it, weirdly. I, I am enthusiastic to come back because we learned a fact mm-hmm. during the break, which mm. is that the Oculus Rift is actually going to cost what? Six hundred dollars, five hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, th- that is this so is, much money. I mean, I guess I this guess is confirmed I by me seeing people tweet that while we were on break. So I'm not like the expert on this, but I'm seeing a lot of people. I think you saw it on Twitter, so I think you are the expert. Yeah, I see a now. lot of people I think tweeting that's how that works. That it's six hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, it's yes. So it, it was definitely. If honest. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But somebody says. No, it, it's. It, I think they they officially announced it. Okay, and, uh, it's six hundred dollar pre order for just the headset without. The it comes with a case, controllers. and but I, I don't think it has the the like, no. weird hand controllers. Right. I think for those that are extra. Price. Those are extra. Yeah. Um. So that's real. Yep. VR is expensive. It's a platform. Ooh. Or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's a lot it's, of money. It's. I mean. Pardon me. It's the first rev of a hardware platform, like you yeah. said. I mean, I was just maybe that maybe in retrospect this was because they announced the price, but I saw someone tweeting about how like when the first like Kindle oh, fire yeah. or something came out, it was like four hundred dollars. Well, the first like, iPhone I think was six hundred. Yeah. I think it was something like that. And so I don't know, like early adopters get to pay a premium it turns out i guess yeah but yeah that's a serious amount to want to put tiny screens on your eyes it also seems to need a fairly beefy pc oh yeah definitely yeah yeah Yeah. baby (laughs) it is also confirmed 599 us dollars okay yeah Yeah. all right classic price right classic sticker shock uh video game consumer electronics price point (laughs) um I don't know. I don't yeah, think anybody just, in this room is real excited about, about VR, so I guess we're not the, yeah, the target market not, for I guess people wanting to. I guess there's not really a lot of point talking about it much more. I was just surprised by that. I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. Although, you if you like, back I, to the I, Kickstarter, I for if, if you got a development kit via the Kickstarter, you get one of these for free. Which is cool. So that's, that's cool. That's a cool thing that they're doing. Because a lot of people definitely have yeah, that DK1. <clears throat> I never even thought about it. What did people think it was going to cost? Or what I think would people you were guess? hoping like four hundred. Yeah, I, I was thinking four hundred as well. Yeah. In my brain, just assumed it would be three or four hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought as well. Yeah. Um, but but if, I, I guess if head. only because anything that's ever been cost. priced six hundred dollars has been the thing that people complain about, like everything, like the three DO and like the, <laughs> the console you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> guys, by the way, this is the first Idle Thumbs uh, recorded post year of the PS3. It's true. Oh, so that means the full potential has been completely unlocked. <laughs> right. We yeah. must have, at some point in the last year, observed the full potential of the PS3 being harnessed. Mm-hmm. It was when they released Yakuza 5 in the US, <laughs> like last month, on PS3 only. <laughs> oh, really? Weirdly, perhaps. All right. Huh. I read about it because I've been a fan of the Yakuza yeah, series, speaking it. of old Japanese games, um, mm. since, yeah, the first one came out. Um, I think that was in like 2007 or something. Um, and, uh, I, I kind of fell off the wagon. They made a lot of those. Mm. <laughs> like there's a lot of Yakuza out there now and they're all pretty samey. Um, but Yakuza five had been released in Japan like three years ago or something. And then they were like, Hey, we're bringing it to the U S and I don't know. I saw somebody like, I saw Austin three Walker playing late. it 
on Giant Bomb or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. All right. Well, I'll go like go on my PS4 and download it. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's PS3 only. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. They got to use the full potential. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I, I Did you play it? Have you played it? No. I don't have a PS3 oh, hooked okay. up anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but I guess it the next like one really is going to come. Yeah. I, it, it seemed to me like it was the closest to my favorite one, which was Yakuza 2, which is basically just like a lot of really low fidelity, just kind of weird side quests that just didn't have a lot of like overhead to them. That's the impression I got from Yakuza 5. It was sort of like, mm. we're not taking this super seriously. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. Go ahead and beat dudes up and play it. But yeah. no, I haven't actually tried it but that's they they had to get that out before the end of 2015 yeah because right. they would have missed the year of the ps3 yeah, otherwise obviously <laughs> did you it's say- weird that a game that was developed in 2012 was able to harness the full power of the ps3 in 2015 but i guess only the only, only the english localized yeah, version yeah. harnesses mm-hmm. the true power of the ps3 that's why it took them so long to release right, it over. that makes sense yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um no yeah when like the, you were saying like the, when the iPhone came out it was like six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but wasn't but that everyone wasn't that, bought one? But wasn't that also like subsidized by oh that's AT&T true or Very whatever? Like hardly anyone actually probably paid six hundred five hundred ninety nine US dollars probably true yeah. for it. They paid like a hundred two hundred bucks two hundred bucks a, I think yeah yeah plus a, a subscription yeah, yeah contract yeah so I mean. Unless there's Which some I way to did. subsidize the price of, a, of right. an Oculus Rift headset. Yeah, I bought the first iPhone like day one, I think. Oh, and wow. I remember standing in line at like a movie or something, which is what you used to do. <laughs> like, I did that. I did yeah. that for the Star Wars. Oh, all right. Um, and then, uh, you know, people would just like come up and like look over my shoulder as I was just using my phone. And then people would just <laughs> like, can I touch it? You know, like there was this like weird like thing. I feel like the tr- like the the trick with this thing is going to be just like getting it into like the public realm because I just don't. Well, I, it's like the opposite device of what you would want to be like. You know, what, if you're going to price they, it yeah, at six hundred dollars, like how do you, you with me the time when we were in Dear Mom the bar and there was oh yeah oh man wearing the Oculus oh, Rift yeah. and he just like looked around and looked at us yeah we were in a bar in San Francisco us, and he was just <laughs> staring straight at us with his cyber helmet and we're just yeah. like. Whoa. Oh, that's really creepy. But like, <laughs> so weird. Yeah, they should have, he couldn't see us at all. Yeah, they and you would never sh- go up and ask that guy, "Can I try it?" Like, because right. he would just like stare at you like a yeah. weird like Star Wars character. You, you, you were more like, <laughs> "Could that guy leave, please?" <laughs> right. Did you not? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Kylo Ren's helmet. Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> he's he's that's, playing that's what it feels Star like. online. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that guy would play. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I just feel like they sh- they should have they should have made sure these shipped like the week before Star Wars came out mm. so that there could have been guys waiting in line for Star Wars <laughs> right. with oh, yeah. their big tower oh, PC yeah. next to them with right. an Oculus yeah. on just while they're waiting in line. Right. People would be like, "Man, when oh. I was I also I also stood in line to see <laughs> What are you cosplaying as?" Yeah. And there were there were two different guys at the Star Wars line that I was in that each had different full-sized operational r2d2s a different color scheme so one of them was probably a different one that is an r2d2 but it's Mm -hmm. i guess i'm not sure but uh but they both were like little robots that wheeled around on their own power and like turned and beeped and stuff and it was crazy and you could just put a computer inside one of those things and Mm. then have your oculus rift that looks like luke's weird blast helmet. oh yeah the blast helmet oh man yeah and you would just Uh look like a guy, a weird guy, and you're playing Fantasy Star Online. 
Hopefully Oculus gets on this Fantasy Online port. <laughs> that for some reason my brain exists. That's a killer app. Yeah, no, yeah. it's good. I think I think Fantasy Star Online came out for something recently. I think that's why you're thinking about it. It's not. That's not the reason. I think it did. I mean, I believe you that it coincidentally did. <laughs> <laughs> you're just thinking about Fantasy Star Online unrelated to that all the time. It's so. just because it seemed like something Kylo Ren would probably play. <laughs> I don't. Not, I don't disagree with the, you at all. It's not a knock on the game. No, and it's not a knock on Kylo Ren. No, it's, not. <laughs> uh, it's world building. Fantasy Star Online is yeah. canon in the Star Wars that's, universe. That's true, man. Okay, if you guys want to see something interesting, uh, speaking of Star Wars, just go to Bigger Luke. Oh man! Oh my God! This yeah. What? <laughs> um, so you linked this last night on Twitter. Yeah. And I thought it was a joke. Yeah, go to for a long time. Go to <laughs> biggerluke.wiki.com and just read about this interesting theory about how in the original Star Wars film there are two Luke Skywalkers, <laughs> one of which is normal sized and one of which is like an inch taller. That is bigger <laughs> Luke. And read about all the theories why this may be the case, whether it's a in fiction uh, you know, actual force-related thing, whether it's a meta joke involving uh, Mark Hamill and also someone who looks almost exactly like Mark Hamill but is one inch taller. Uh, there, are, it's inter- It's very interesting. According to that page, the most popular theory amongst fans is that there is a, a canon second, Luke and yeah. a bigger Luke, right. yeah, who and is sometimes sub theories about that. Whether R two D two like cloned him or whether it's a <laughs> he's growing himself with the Force, there are many sub theories about in that broader theory. So I the, I I was I was introduced <laughs> to Luke. some to some ex, what is it expanded universe extended yes. universe expanded, expanded universe yeah. well, now it's the legacy universe or something it's yeah. it, there's the universe and there's the bigger universe right yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's luke and expanded luke right. uh, <laughs> uh I've, I've been introduced to some yeah expanded universe apparently there's luke skywalker there's luke skywalker yes with two, the, the, the two u's and then there's luke skywalker with three oh u's. man i didn't, I didn't know and that. in the expanded universe they are all actually clones of luke skywalker Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's with support. an extra maybe U for each time they're cloned. Bigger Luke. Cannon. Bigger Luke is probably Very. Luke with two U's, and there's that one, and then there's biggest Luke. That's only in one shot, and that's Luke with three. U's, <laughs> well, there's another, obviously. There's another. There's like a more fringe theory that involves smaller Luke. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I yeah. See. yeah. Anyway. So bigger Luke is actually Canon Luke, <laughs> right? And smaller Luke is. I, yeah, I think in this theory, yeah, it's I like think... Solid Snake and Liquid Snake. It's like <laughs> just right. like yeah, punished Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is great. Yeah. Yep. People love listening Content. to us. All right. You played a Rainbow Six game. I did. Yeah. Man. Um, have you played Rainbow Six Siege, either of you guys? I haven't. Uh, I played the original games a right, lot. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, Rainbow Six Siege came out last year, and um, around the holiday, they did a free weekend. Um through you play only oh man <laughs> not a steam free weekend a classic play and additionally it was a referral only you play only free weekend so somebody that owned it had to generate you a code and then give it to you so you, huh. whatever i'm not sure exactly what the but i went to the extent of getting somebody that i knew who owned it no I just asked on Twitter if anybody had an extra code uh and and somebody gave me one very graciously um and i played the free weekend 
And so, like, the thing that I understood about um, Rainbow Six Siege, like, I thought it looked pretty cool because it's, like, a squad-based, like, team-versus-team game, and it's all about kind of relatively small environments and a lot of, like, environment destructibility. So, like, you have, like, shape charges, and you can just blow holes in walls and ceilings and to make entry points or to, like, get the drop on an enemy who's, you you know, has it back to you, is guarding the door, and then you blow out the wall behind them, etc., um, and it has like a little, um, like remote controlled wheelie camera thing that you can like mm. wheel around to like go into rooms and like scout them ahead of time, know where guys are and stuff. Um, so what I mostly knew about it was that it was like a, mul- I thought in fact that it was like a multiplayer only game. Oh, okay. And, but I was like, oh, free weekend, I'll try it. You know, it seems cool. Um, and so you can't play multiplayer, I think, until you've done some number of situations which are Mm. like single player training Mm -hmm. um levels and so by doing that i was like oh this is like a full-on like ai hunt like game mode you know like Mm -hmm. there's a version of this game that's just like you either solo or co-op buddies and there's a bunch of enemies stationed around this map and you either go clear them out or you like rescue a hostage or whatever so i was like that's cool And so I got past however many of the training situations I needed to do, and it unlocked Terrorist Hunt, which is, like, the classic, like, either solo or co-op, just, like, you versus computer Mm -hmm. mode. Um, And I started playing it, and I was like, this is fucking cool. Like, I I never really played the original Rainbow Six games very Mm -hmm. much, but I played Mm -hmm. a shit ton of SWAT 4, the original game that came out between System Shock 2 and... Bioshock, along with Freedom Force and everything, um, which was also had multiplayer, but I played it as like a single player squad base, like lead your squad against all the enemy AI. Mm -hmm. And Rainbow Six Siege solo terrorist hunt feels like the closest to that of anything that I've played. Plus, it has all the really cool environment destructibility Mm. and stuff um, and, you know, additional tools. Um, Something I liked about SWAT 4 was I played the game totally... Um, non-violently non, non-lethal yeah um so i like incapacitated and uh and and arrested everybody and that was like a cool extra challenge rainbow six siege is just like waste everybody there are no less lethal yeah. methods of attack whatsoever but that said for what it is it has just like really good game feel like it's just like really well-tuned movement and um and weapon tuning and all that kind of stuff and also crazy like repelling so you mm-hmm. you on any wall that's like flat enough and that is like an enterable building, you can just throw your grappling hook up to the top of it and then you can go up and down the rope side to side on the wall. And you can also flip your stance so that you're hanging upside down. So you can turn upside down, go like above a window and then, like, lower yourself down so you're <laughs> oh just, like, God. aiming over the top of the window wow. inside and seeing the guys upside down and just, like, lay into them and then bust in through the window, like, swing in. Like, you turn back right side up and then swing in. Um, so, you know, like, the downsides are that since I play it basically just exclusively as a, as a single-player game, they treat it like it's a multiplayer game. Like, you have to be online to play right. it even single-player, right. and they treat it like you're Classic doing... you play. Yeah, mm. they, they treat it like like you're doing an online round. They're like here's a countdown to like vote on the next map. And you're like, oh, dude, weird. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm hanging out. I don't I'm going to um, win the vote. <laughs> um, and for a while I found it really annoying because like it's, it's not all of the modes are really tuned for a single player. Mm. 
or are even really fun for a single player. There's a couple that are like defend the hostage mode or whatever. And just like dudes swarm in on you and you're like, I'm just one guy. This isn't really why I'm playing this game. And so like the worst thing about it in terms of playability is that when you're doing solo terrorist hunt, it's just a random map and mode. Like you don't get to choose because it's supposed to be just like pick up and play multiplayer or whatever. So I, for a while I was like, okay, I only want to play just like take out all the AI or hostage rescue. I don't want to play any other things. And so I would just start one up and it'd be one of the other modes. I'd be like, fuck. And I would just back out and re-roll it. And it was shitty. And it took me a long time. And then I finally discovered you can go into the options and there are terrorist hunt options and you can flag game modes as like Mm -hmm. enabled or disabled. So after a while, I was like, oh, I can just turn off the modes I don't want. I'll always get a mode I want. I'm happy with any of the maps. I'm just going to roll it. And it was like, the thing that's cool is it's really challenging, especially single player. Like it's a, it's not easy. Um, And I could feel myself getting a lot better at it as I played. And it was something that I like, which is I was both getting better at just like controlling the game and playing the game, but I was also getting better because I was learning how the AI behaves. So I became better at predicting, you know, like, okay, if I do this, the guys are going to hear it. So I need to like hunker down over here and I won't get surprised, you know, or like Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I became, you know, in a way it's sort of cheesy because you're just like, decoding how the ai is like programmed to behave but on the other hand it's really satisfying to be like okay i'm going to set a trap for these guys because i know if i do this they're going to react in this way and i just mow them down that was always the fun for me of playing single player um rainbow six was just like i mean let me ask you like is there a mode where um the map and and sort of where the enemies are placed is fixed or is it always um sort Um, of like random enemy placement and random kind of if you play if you play those situations yeah um those are all fixed okay um, because they're basically built as single player levels but it's always the same level the same ai um placement but you have to so one of the things about this is there's a bunch of specific uh operatives or operators or whatever that have specific like gadgets and stuff so Mm -hmm. in the situations you have to play as one specific guy when you're when you're being in when you're playing terrorist hunt you like unlock operators and get to upgrade their weapons and like choose who you want to play as but anyway yeah but i like i like those situations um or you know that's basically what they what the game used to be which is just like levels you know very set levels but it became just like each room was its own little puzzle that right. you could approach from different angles. Yeah. And it just kind of like in the same way that Hitman feels like a puzzle game to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, how am I going to solve this puzzle? And then like you start it and then all, you know, hell breaks loose and th- weird things happen that you didn't expect. But like yeah. just those little like cont- self-contained things where you can sort of slowly kind of think about the way you're going to solve it and then go about it. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's what I always liked about those games. There, I, I do like the, the, the terrorist hunt. Uh, mode that I've been playing in terms of it has that SWAT 4 kind of feeling where mm. SWAT 4 was very much defined by like the placement of enemies and hostages is always random mm-hmm. and you have to really like observe and scout ahead and figure out where everybody is because you can't predict it and that's how terrorist hunt feels um, but it's cool because yeah I've just been I've been learning not just how to how to predict how the AI is going to move but how to read levels too because mm-hmm. like in hostage extraction specifically you have to find the hostage and they don't tell you where they are you have to scout the level to find the hostage and for a while it's like oh you have to scrub so much level like i can't find this hostage or whatever and then after a while i started to realize like the ai fortifies kind of where the hostage is in kind of specific ways so i could start to scout and be like oh they've put down like a lot of razor wire Mm -hmm. in this direction I bet the hostage is like over here because because this shit's protecting them, and then you can find them, and it's like, oh yeah, it is, you know, and 
that kind of stuff is really yeah, satisfying really cool. as well. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is this is a, a much more sort of frivolous topic, I guess, on this related to games. This game, not just this game, but games like it. A thing that has been really crazy to see over the last several years has been that the fidelity of kind of movement and interaction in multiplayer, especially multiplayer first person games, has gotten terrifyingly high. Uh, it is like. You know, I've spent the last two years um, working on a game with a lot of first-person animation and a character who interacts with stuff in the world. And, like, every single thing ever doing that is, like, impossible. <laughs> just just totally impossible. And, like, it's a miracle that, you know, we're getting ready to ship this game, which is Firewatch, with, with all the stuff it working as well as it does. And then I look at just, like, whatever the latest... <laughs> you know, multiplayer game, whether it's the new Rainbow Six or Call of Duty or Star Wars Battlefront or whatever. And there's pe- there's like all these fucking people walking around and like their heads are like subtly looking in a different yeah. like, that you can tell that they're doing different things with the um, first person camera than what the 3D model is yep. actually represented as doing from other players perspectives um, to make it like much more blended and smooth and human. And the way that like characters interact with um objects in the world where from the player's standpoint you're just going forward or just like mantling over something but then as someone else watching them you're seeing all the little interactions that are happening with the physics objects and with that character's movement and and animation and it's amazing it's totally amazing i um like even little things like characters stumbling that from the from your perspective are or from from the player who is stumbling's perspective are one thing but then from another player's perspective they're rendered as this like really comical, awkward thing that's happening. Um, it's, it is amazing to me that that is what multiplayer games look like now, because for so long multiplayer was just, you just take it for granted that everyone looks janky. Everyone is basically a floating cylinder with a, a, a animated character in the middle of it, like gliding around the world. Yeah. And it just looks like garbage. Just and quake one. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's just how it was for a long time. And yeah. it's, and you know, like even games that were really accomplished in terms of physics um, in multiplayer, like Halo, for instance, which was a, a real standout in that regard. That stuff was still pretty mushy watching it from a from a third from a from a, another player's perspective. Yeah. And it's just gotten incredible. God. It's just gotten amazing in the so last few years. This is somewhat unrelated, but um, I was watching the um, and I wanted to plug this anyway, but um, the awesome awesome games done quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah marathon yeah. is mm-hmm. going on right now. And I was watching it yesterday, and this guy was running, speed running um, Half Life Two, and oh man, the I I had never I'd never seen a Half Life Two speed run before. You have to watch this speed run because Half Life Two, like every object, is a physics object. Yeah. And so this guy is just like, like every cutscene, he just sits there and he was just like doing Rubik's cube puzzles because there's just nothing you can do to <laughs> right. skip anything. But yeah. then the second he was done solving his Rubik's cube, he would set it down, pick up just any physics object. And then just like force it into an NPC, which would then shove the NPC like 16 feet to the left. <laughs> and then he was doing this crazy thing where like he would he would shove the object into himself, which would then which would then like allow him to do these insane jumps. And then he would just like grab an object and stand on the object and then just use it to sort of like hop up. And he would drop the object like as soon as soon as he had jumped, he would drop the object 
then grab it again, use it to then like jump up further, which would then allow him to just climb a wall using <laughs> just, just basically just jumping on this object that he's just dropping below his feet over right. and over again. So as soon as he drops it, it becomes something that's valid for him to jump right. off of, but yeah. then it stays within range for him to pick it up again. Uh-huh. God, that's fucking crazy. Um, there were like, there was this like, yeah, he, I think they called it just, um, uh, like prop fudging is what he was calling it, where he would just, he would just, <laughs> good, like, strong, would just like force these objects into himself that would then just propel him. And then there's this, um, <clears throat> because they didn't want bunny hopping to be a thing in the Half Life 2 engine, uh, in, in I guess Source, um, they, uh, Valve added a check to make sure that if you're, if you have like X velocity, it will just like sort of add or subtract velocity at a certain point. So such that, you know, if you're jumping forward, but what they didn't do is they didn't fix that for like, they didn't account for people like moving backwards. So half the time this guy is just crouching and just turning 180 and just like, <laughs> like running through the level backwards and you can get up to like, like 400 times movement speed doing that. <laughs> So that plus like grenade jumps means that he can just like the coast level, which is completely open. He skipped in like 30 seconds. He just like crouched, turned around, dropped a grenade and then just like fired himself over the entire level. Like there's just insane oh, stuff amazing. because it's such a weird, fudgy, like physics based game. It's I think so I funny. saw a speed run like that for Half-Life 1. Where, oh, where when you just yeah. watch the video, it just looks like the camera in like free fly mode, just like zooming through mm-hmm. levels impossibly fast. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like you have to work a little harder to get to that point with Half-Life 2, but yeah, <laughs> only to a point. Oh man, just yeah. The, the object stuff was hilarious. That sounds really good. I'm glad yeah. that, that Awesome Games Done Quick slash Summer Games Done Quick is like a thing. It's, it's really such a good. good spectator event. I love it every year. It's the best. Or I guess every six months now. Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of it over the over the summer. I haven't watched any of it yet. Yeah. But like I remember I think some of the ones that were the most enjoyable to me were the games that actually still take a long time, even yeah. if you're speedrunning them. Yeah. Like the people like there was Super a, Metroid or stuff like that, yeah. A Super Metroid only, I think That's like an hour, but yeah. Maybe. I think it's even less. But um uh the one I'm thinking of is one of the things they they finished up with was like a team of people uh hot seated the entirety of chrono trigger oh yeah that was the finale yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like uh, there was just something really satisfying about yeah. these people all knowing all the best ways to play chrono trigger as fast as possible and it still takes like eight hours yeah <laughs> or whatever yeah it's very good yeah because uh, like because like they just know all these weird little things where it's just like oh yeah if you have this upgrade and this thing and then you, you level can just up barely this. squeak through on like seven attacks right and if i had to do eight attacks you, you would die in this situation right yeah uh, yeah so anyway yeah the, somebody seeing, seeing the depth of knowledge basically yeah. the people like i i don't know i i generally just have a real soft spot for people who get obsessed with frivolous yeah rel- relatively you know just like things that are kind of pointless to be obsessed with but mm-hmm. just seeing people who are like I'm so obsessed with this game that i literally know every single thing about how to play yep. it in a way that no one ever intended you to look at this Man. hey if you do all these 20 things in a row you can save save yourself a second in your speed run. it's like what on that note Good. The, uh, <laughs> i like you yeah on that note the metroid prime run this year was also insane because the guy who was running that um like it just involves a lot of just like escaping the level tricks mm. that were just bananas like just really weird stuff where he knew where the corner of the of the level box of like the volume right. was and he would just have to exploit this particular thing to allow him to do all these weird weird moves 
Um, that and also just the Super Metroid run where uh, two people playing one controller, which oh, was right. insane. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, I'll stop talking about this crazy stuff. You should just all watch it, I guess. Yeah, um, but, uh, it's 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 really good. There was, I think, there was, uh, I think, in the Summer Games done quick. Wasn't there like a Dark Souls two? Yeah. that was two guys on the same controller. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, but Super Metroid, they were wall jumping, you know, and like <laughs> oh, without, they were like, sorry, they were like, sorry, we might talk a little bit, just to, you know, usually we know what we're thinking, but you know what each other's thinking, but we might talk just a little bit, and they never talked, like they just like they were just just leaping up like all those insane chasms uh-huh. in that game, and just like boom, 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 like they knew exactly what they were doing. Think about having a friend like that. <laughs> Right, I know. I can't imagine having yeah. any like. I mean, yeah. Who in their life has let's somebody six hundred hours that's doing like, this weird? Let's hang out thing. together yeah. always, yeah. practicing this game together. Yeah, I'm. I'll be the left half of the controller. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. fucking cool. No, it's really um, good. No, I. I was. I, I've been super into a lot of that stuff. It's. It's really. It's really amazing to watch. Yeah. So sometimes in the middle of the night, like the weirdest ones are like, at least last year in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. they would do ones that I think were, they called it silly games done quick. Yeah, silly games done mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, there are people who have decided I'm going to figure out, like I watched somebody, I'm going to figure out how to speed run this Hello Kitty game. Right. And they have the same level of crazy knowledge of how to, mm-hmm. how to like get past this boss in the optimal amount of time about some weird Japan only Hello Kitty game. Yep. And you're just like, who are these people? Why yeah. are they so amazing? <laughs> one, one of the best runs this year was this guy who just like destroyed the Lion King SNES game. <laughs> uh, and it was this guy, I think his name is like the Mexican runner. And he was so funny. I've never he even was seen that. I don't even, what is that game? I don't it's even know just a is. weird platformer. Um, it was like, it was the, in it was, the era of where they were doing like vaguely Disney 2d. Um, well, no, it was, sprites. it was, it was totally um that was in the same era as like uh, Aladdin SNES Aladdin and, yeah, and stuff yeah. that had like really great they were Capcom games and they had like really great graphics. They collaborated I think with Disney on that yeah. stuff. Um but uh Sorry, I think Lion King was one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and he was just crushing it and singing Hakuna Matata in Spanish. <laughs> I mean it was just like yes. exactly what you want. <sighs> uh but yeah, yeah, I I love that stuff. It's really good. I watched some of the Resident Evil 4 speedrun mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. year and that was that had a lot of that stuff like you were talking about, like escaping the level stuff yeah. of just like if you jump down on the edge of this ladder and hit the exact right pixel, you can fall behind the waterfall and skip half of the level. You know, just like all that crazy shit where it's clearly just somebody was playing it so much that they found a bug. Yeah. And they were like, OK, now we need to figure out how to do this bug. On- I mean, that's what a ton of speed running is. Mm-hmm. Oh, we found this one bug that either the dev- developers didn't know about or wasn't worth fixing. Yep. And now the job is figuring out how to do that consistently. Yep. So we and uh, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially in the like, I've played Resident Evil Four a lot, and so it's cool to see someone just like going to town on it. Since mm-hmm. I'm additionally like familiar with all the content and so forth. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is that you realize how often you play that game and never like experienced any of that stuff. Or like just that's the thing I always think about. Like if I was going to speed run that game, like how long it would take just to find one of those tricks. Yeah. So it's just obviously like this weird crowdsourcing thing where they all watch each other's streams and like share tips and stuff. It's yeah. just like, wow, that yeah. is a lot of time. Game facts message boards, yeah, I imagine, have been yeah. involved in a lot of like speed run development mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. You want to do some reader mail? Go to Awesome oh, Games I, I, Done Quick. I do want to quickly mention this oh, game yeah. that I played before reader mail. Yeah. Um, it's called Spin Tires. 
Um, yes. So I knew nothing about this game. It was recommended to me. What is it? Um, it's so Russian? It, yes. Uh, and uh, I think it's developed by one guy, as far as I can tell. Whoa. Um, Seriously? It, it looks pretty high yeah, quality. It's just the developer is listed, and I didn't do much research, but the developer is listed as Pavel Zagrabilnij. Nailed it. <laughs> Totally um, correct. Yeah, Pavel Z and uh, and published by OV. Anyway, I didn't know anything about this game, so I picked it up. And the thing I know about it is it's about trucks, and it's been like the top seller on Steam a lot. Has of it times. really? Okay, yeah, I didn't even know that. Um, and so this game is essentially if you thought like Bus Simulator 2015 was too fast for you, like <laughs> pick up spin <laughs> tires, I guess. Um, spin, spin tires is not a name that communicates slowness. It's well, all one word. You're it's about your, your tires. truck being stuck in mud. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing. Literal. Oh. So you start out it in just this... sounds like a freewheeling. Right. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> you are you start out in this garage in what seems like rural Russia um, in the woods, and uh, you're just in this huge truck. And you hit W to go forward, and you're immediately stuck in mud. And the mud <laughs> is, like, havoc simulated. So as you spin your tires, you actually dig your way through the mud. And one, I'll just, like, quickly sum up this game. One, the, like, the actual havoc, like, physics simulation of this game is crazy. And it also is persistent. So as you go through and the whole game, the whole goal is to just load up some logs and deliver them to, like, depots. And that's it. But what happens is because um, it's just you like know, you're dri- you're just like driving across like the Russian wilderness. Yeah, basically. at about four miles an hour. Right. And so two things: one, this game is um, uh, basically just like um, if, if you played Far Cry Two and you got stuck in a in, in like you know a lake or something, and you thought that was hilarious. Right. Uh, that's just every moment of this game. Um, you get stuck in the mud. You have like different attach points on your car that you can use to hook um, a winch to like the trees in the world. So you're actually a guy that gets out of the truck and no. you have to walk over and attach it. No, no, no. no. You just, like, it's just automatic. A tree and attach you just it. point okay. it and it just sort of like throws a, a thing, um, and then you have to like winch yourself out of the uh, out of the mud. And then um, as you're like delivering logs and stuff, like you'll inevitably get stuck in a weird part of the level. And then have to like drive your other truck over to that truck and then like pull that thing out. It just becomes this like Dennis Nedry simulator where like you're just <laughs> constantly like, like there's a day and night cycle. So like in the dark, you just hit a tree, you ruin your car, you have to like winch it out of a hole and then like do a thing. And it's just the whole game is pointless. Like you're really doing nothing. You're just delivering logs. But then you did it. But then you did it. And like that's the thing. It's actually really satisfying. <laughs> it's a really good game. I don't have any log deliverers listening to this podcast. You just called their life pointless. Well, no. No, I mean, clearly there's a, a greater, you know... If you deliver logs for a living and yes. you hate Nick Brecken, <laughs> email questions at idlethumbs.net and tell well, him why your life is actually really important and great. It actually, no, you know what? It gave me... It gave, it gave, no, no, I'm gonna... It gave me a lot of respect for people who do anything like this there we for go. a living. There, no, it actually did. It actually right. did. I realized, like looking at power like equipment or just like cat vehicles on the road mm-hmm. and you just see those guys just picking stuff up and they make it look easy because there's like a claw um like yeah. a claw crane that you can have uh that you can get in the game to to sort of like pick up mm-hmm. logs and stuff and it looks really easy man when you've got actually like all the control of like the claw thing <laughs> and you've got to like load them perfectly in your bed and then like drive it through like a bunch of shit and like you're you 
you know, the weight of the vehicle wants to tip the whole thing over the second you make a single turn. Like, oh, man. Yeah. No, yeah, anybody who does that for a living is actually a lord. Profes- <laughs> professionally move almost anything are generally yeah. lords. Yeah. No, it's a it's it's a pro skill. It's yeah. really good. Um, anyway. Want to do read your mail? Yeah. Clyde Bank writes, Hero Brian. I saw my nine-year-old nephew during the holidays. Whenever I visit, he shows me what he's been building in Minecraft. He mentioned that he would like to have shown something uh, to me that he made, but that Hero Brian had destroyed it. I asked who Hero Brian is. My nephew informed me that Hero Brian is someone from Moyang who spawns into multiplayer survival games and destroys things and causes glitches when everyone is logged off. My nephew has not seen him, but in a world he shares with a few friends, one ho- person's house had been blown up, and everyone else's houses had TNT stacked in them. My nephew did not see this himself, but heard a report of it. There was also a diamond missing, though my nephew was not himself burglarized. According to my nephew, it was definitely Hero Brian, because only Hero Brian could go into their games when no one was logged on. As I was interrogating him on the subject, my nephew and niece were playing Pocket Edition together on separate devices. On my nephew's screen, we saw my niece's avatar, the textures partially loaded, quickly stuttering its position through an area of the sky. On her screen, she was firmly on the ground. My nephew said that he saw something similar before Hero Brian appeared in the game he shares with friends. Twig on the Idle Thumbs forum suggested that my nephew is probably mispronouncing Hero Brian. Yeah, 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 I was going to say. Which yeah. has been a running joke slash urban legend thing in the Minecraft community. So basically there is a glitch ghost myth in Minecraft which my nephew explains to with with which my nephew explains the unexplainable. Thanks for the podcast and the Idle Forums, Clyde. Yeah, that's really good, especially if you're like 9-year-olds. If you're just like Oh yeah. It's like, "Oh, I went in and blew up everybody's shit." Everybody's like, why is my shit blown up? Oh, I don't know. It must have been Hero Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were, I was logged off. We were all logged yeah. off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, it reminds me of like a modern version of the whole like, my uncle works at Nintendo oh, yeah, and he sure. said you can get Eris not to die. You know, like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's very good. I'm yep. glad that I can still persist. That kind of urban legend oh. can still persist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even in the internet think, age where yeah. everything's pretty There's much a lot verifiable. Of stuff. I think with yeah. stuff like this where now kids all weirdly have simultaneous access to each other around the world all the time, that stuff probably only grows. Yeah. Well, there's there's also, and I like think... Slenderman and all that shit. I was just going to say Slenderman. I feel like there's a, an eagerness for that stuff yeah. still. You yeah. know what I mean? Where people will like willingly go along with it, even though you could probably look up the wiki and realize that the thing right. doesn't actually yeah, exist. Yeah, they have I the think ability just... to disprove it more easily than ever before, but right. also the ability to spread it. Yeah, than, than and I, I think people are just fun. are prone to do the yeah. Yeah, right. that thing that makes it fun. Well, here, here's another story about a, about a kid of similar age. Sam Hearn writes, Hey Thumbs, for Christmas this year, my 10-year-old sister who loves to write got a typewriter, and my younger brother in seventh grade got a PS4 and a copy of Star Wars Battlefront. Recently, I discovered that my younger Defining sister... Defining their life path yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Recently, I discovered that my younger sister has been watching him play and writing newspaper-style summaries of the rounds he plays. Oh, no. I couldn't so find good. any complete examples, but I included an incomplete one below. <gasps> Thanks, Sam H. from Austin, Texas. Sam, please find more of these. Please send them to yeah. us. First, the, he has like a scrap of one that I'll read. That makes me want to read more of them. Um, here, let me see. Did he like scan it's it? A fo- no, it's a photograph okay. of a typewritten page still in the typewriter. So, not, not Oh my God. That's heroes versus way. villains. Darth Vader today has joined the fight. The Imperials against the rebel scum. The fight is in rounds. The scum win the first round. The villains the next. Again, the villains win. Darth Vader is doing well. 
Oh man, I want somebody. To, I really want somebody to take that and put it in the Star Wars scrawl generator. Oh just- yes! Oh yes! <laughs> the fight is in rounds. Oh, send that to question. Star Wars so episode eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Darth Vader is doing well. Darth Vader is doing well. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, actually, on that note, um, when I was home for Christmas, my mom gave me this diary that she'd written. I had no idea that she'd done this. She wrote this diary for 10 years of my upbringing and she wrote entries and just recorded things that I was saying. That is amazing. And just like what, like everything I got for Christmas that year and just like everything. Like How much this, of a jerk you were being, I assume? Oh, oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and just like weird stuff. Where I like, saw you tweet that and I just want a full report. It's it's like weird stuff that you realize like oh man that's the way I am because, like that and, and like that's that's why I am the way I am this oh, specific moment in time man, your mom did it right like this, what this, oh dude I I mean it's right give here me, but I didn't one. transcribe well I mean there's one that's just uh here I'll, this this is a good one for thumbs I'll just I'll I'll just pull it out and I'm then, gonna want and more then, of these next week yeah next FYI. week next week I'll do a real one. Um, but, uh, there's one in here, you know what, I, I don't know if I can find it right now, but it's, she's just like, to, the thing you're saying all the time lately is pretty good. I guess what? you're, I guess you're picking up all my sayings and all my mannerisms. I was like, oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> I was three years old when she wrote that. Oh my God. Like, all right. Oh my God. Oh, there's stuff that's even better, like way better than that. But like, that's just one example for people who know that I say I need, that phrase all the time. All of this. I need every. Yeah, I might just do a Tumblr or something at some point. Yeah, like, it's because it's crazy. Just I want exclusive uh, reveals first. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll do oh, the, yeah. we'll do the, the we'll do like the WikiLeaks, like you know, New York Times <laughs> yeah. condensed version. Oh, but just man. just go like, through the whole thing with just a cell phone camera. Yeah, and just put the images up on Tumblr. Yeah, I don't, you don't need to just transcribe them. Make it easy. I'll read your mom's handwriting. <laughs> God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And I mean, specifically for it to be Nick Brecken of all people. Yeah, that's who you want. To see the sure. evidence of why they are the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway, your mom Man, I can't is believe, a lord. Yeah, yeah my mom was clearly more, a more notable like person mom, than I am. Your mom is fucking. Like, she, she she took that whole diary down, and now she's like yeah. hardcore gamer. Yeah, she just no, plays she's, PS4 she's all the time. Definitely, like, I, I failed completely because <laughs> I think my mom my mom is actually a better person than I am, like verifiably. <laughs> She wanted me to be so good. You could just, like, all of her entries are just like, God, I hope you're like this. And I'm just, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> this is getting oh, better no. and worse. Oh, no. <laughs> Which makes it better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. NickBreckensMom.tumblr.com coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> no one take that URL. <laughs> Nick, uh, go take that URL now. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's, here's the last email that, if we're going to read one more email, it's got to be this one because we have it. to read it before we get too far into the year. So, uh Johnny Driggs writes in, and before I read his email, I need to remind you all that Johnny Driggs is our amazing community member who every single week, uh, trans, not transcribes it, every single week annotates each episode on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash idle videos. And so that channel has a w- complete archive of all idle thumbs episodes to date, usually it gets updated within a few days of the most recent episode with timestamps breaking down the entire episode by discussion. It's really, really fucking pro. It's really good. He's got also just sort of funny commentary running in text on the on the YouTube video as you're watching it. 
It's, it's an amazing service that he provides for the Idle Thumbs community, and it's at youtube.com slash idle videos. So thanks, Johnny Driggs. We don't thank that guy enough. He's fucking good. Yeah, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, unrelatedly, he well, sort of unrelatedly, he writes, Dear Thumbs, in case anyone is disappointed that there was no goatee.cx this year, they should know that thanks to the efforts of Joel Schroyan and his wonderful ThumbsDB, such primitive means of determining the goatee are unnecessary. Presented for your consumption is the official Idle Thumbs Game of the Year by volume, compiled by measuring what games Idle Thumbs talked about most this year. It's guaranteed to be the most objective, objective goatee of the year. Uh, so um, another plug for uh, Joel Schroyan's ThumbsDB, which actually uses Johnny Driggs, I believe, um, annotations to determine uh, topics discussed in each episode of Idle Thumbs. So it's a way to uh, search for episodes that contain a given topic or sort of filter by, um, you know, filter by how often a given thing was discussed. It's really, really clever and really good. And uh, so how do you get to ThumbsDB to see the objective goatee.cx of 2015? Um, so they, it's, it's, a, it's in a GitHub repo. I'm seeing if there's a, an easy way to access it i'm sure i mean i'm sure there is i've, I've been to it before um well so the url is not the most friendly i maybe there's a shortcut url but you can get there by going to uh k-a-r-t-h-i-k-b 351.github.io slash thumbs db uh, again that is Man, my phone is being a butt today. Uh, K-A-R-T-H-I-K-B-351 dot github dot io slash thumbs db. Anyway, so he, that, that's a, it's a really cool thing. Here is our 2015 uh, goatees by time discussed according to thumbs db. Uh, by reading this, I am not applying my no, subjective endorsing. endorsement to yeah. this list no because who knows wait can we guess sure having listened to it i feel like city skylines is going to be way up there uh-huh um yep. what else do you, what do you think nick oh man i don't i don't know um, there's some unsurprises and some surprises for sure all right go for it yeah just yeah. number 10 dota 2 okay that's got to be an early year i was gonna say thing <laughs> That fell off. Number nine, Rocket League. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Rocket League deserves to be in a lot of top ten lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number eight, Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, I was guessing that, that one because of the green-haired guy. The green-haired guy, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> number seven, Bloodborne. All right. Mm-hmm. Number six, Downwell. All right. Okay. Yeah, that that's, tracks. Yes. Yeah. Number five, Fallout Four. Okay. Seems reasonable. Number four, City Skylines. Okay. There you go. I thought it would have been higher. Wow. Okay. What else we got? Number three, Super Mario Maker. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, once you Jake. see what's above Jake's, Jake's game. <laughs> yeah. Jake's pick. Number two, Fallout Shelter. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Yep. And number one, Metal Gear Solid 5. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one because it was just a few episodes. Yeah. But it was like half of each That's other's true. episodes. That's true. That's I'm, so I, I'm, I now feel disappointed that fallout shelter wasn't the official objective goatee <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fall- no now it's 2016 i was just gonna say fallout shelter a whole lot <laughs> 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 that's not gonna help 
Cool. So he says, if we limit games to those that originally came out this year, mm. Rocket League moves up to number eight, Life is Strange moves in to number nine, and Offworld Trading Company takes number ten. Huh. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a cool... But I mean, Offworld Trading Company, didn't that come out in early access in 2014? I don't know how to judge those games. Whatever. Yeah. It was a cool game. Yeah. yeah. Love the game. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Idle Thumbs. Uh, this week's episode of Idle Thumbs has, in fact, been brought to you by Zombies Run. This is an app that makes it easy to get motivated for running uh, through an immersive story that will uh, continue from run to run and allow you to participate in a virtual race against thousands of other people worldwide. If you go to zombiesvirtualrace.com and use the coupon code IDLETHUMBS, all lowercase, you will get five, but actually maybe ten dollars off your entry. That's zombiesvirtualrace.com with the promo code IDLETHUMBS, all lowercase. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been yeah, really good yeah, being no. back. I'm glad I could be here. That's and good. I'll look forward to listening to more apps when I'm back in Portland. Nice. Cool. Yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please consider telling a friend or reviewing us on iTunes. These things help us out a whole lot. Uh, you can send us mail to be read or considered at questions at idlethumbs.net. You can follow us on Twitter at idlethumbs. And uh, one, two, two things to note, I guess, one of which um, you hopefully know about by now, which is that we finally launched Idle Weekend, which is the new... Uh, Pod, weekly podcast with Danielle Riendo and Rob Zachney, uh, longtime Idle Thumbs Network veterans. And that show is awesome. I'm, it, it ended up being a really unique take on a video game podcast, I think. Um, it's very personal, um, has a really interesting perspective that I think really differentiates it from the sort of typical people sitting around talking about video games uh, kind of vibe, although it also includes that. Uh, it's a really, it's just a really great show. Um, they've done three episodes so far. Most recently, they did their Game of the Year episode, which was very informal. You can find it at idleweekend.net. Yeah, I've been listening to it since it started. It's a, it's just like a really thoughtful discussion between two people about what they've mm-hmm. been playing, and also they talk about like movies and TV and stuff that yep. they've been into. It's cool. It's good. Check it out for sure. Uh, in other new podcast news, uh, we just days ago relaunched the Idle Book Club which ran previously for about a year from 2012 to 2013. Uh, and we have brought it back. We released our first um, new episode, which is not about one specific book. It was just sort of a catch up to get us back into the swing of things. Um, it's a different lineup this time. I, uh, I am doing the podcast with uh, my fiance, Sarah Argadale, who is a, a big reader and um, we're uh, part of the rationale for that as well, you know, we live together so we can hopefully that will reduce some of the barriers that uh, led to the other one being a bit of a challenge to to uh, keep maintaining for months and months and months. So if you go to idlethumbs.net and go to shows, you will find the Idle Book Club there. We have that catch up episode out now and our first real new episode will be about Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. Uh, we're hoping to really expand the range of genres and types of books that we cover. Uh, we're, that's a real goal of the show, and we're pretty excited about it. 
Uh, so um, if you didn't listen to it before, it's a monthly book club where each we announce what we're reading a month in advance. You read it, send us your thoughts. We discuss it um, on the next episode. And people really dug it last time, and I'm hoping we can keep it going longer this time around. So you can also find that at idlebookclub.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for putting up with my all my housekeeping stuff right there. And thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Games. <laughs>